0: ¡Gracias! Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope that whenever and wherever you are on the globe, when you're listening to this pre-recorded show, that you are doing okay, even if it's been a rough day. I want you to always realize that everything is going to be okay. Some days are better than others. Some are worse. But if you're having a bad day or a weird day, it's going to get better, I promise. It always does. I don't even know you or your life, but I can promise that life has its ups and downs, and sometimes when you're in the downs, you feel like it, it's never going to get better. But it does. It always, always does. I'm I'm bringing this up because today for me was a very very weird day um, I slept like 8 or 9 hours which I didn't expect would happen and I was exhausted when I woke up as if I didn't sleep at all but I slept like a rock so that was the first thing my son woke me up and I thought why is he waking me up so early and it was 1.30 in the afternoon I'm like oh my god I was supposed to get up at 11.30 <laughs> first thing and um, then I found out that PayPal decided to just shut down my account, uh, limit me. And I am i don't know if, if any one of you have tried to do um, to send me money for to do a reading for you. Because I started getting a lot of readings. So now they say that's com- uh, suspicious activity. Since when is receiving money on PayPal, which is the whole point of the damn website, suspicious, right? It's not like I'm receiving, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, $75. That's it. You know, I I don't know. So PayPal made me, I mean, I had to send an affidavit. I had to send a picture of uh, proof of my address. I had to send my passport. I had to send my bank account statement pictures. I had to send like four or five things to them. And I've been waiting for 12 hours and they have not even dis- they just haven't even gotten back to me. It was like crazy. It's like why I've, I've been uh, using PayPal for over 11 years, actually maybe about 13 years. And suddenly they act like me doing anything is suspicious. I bought two programs of self-improvement, one for a whopping $3, one for a whopping $7. And I also joined Dr. Berg's website, which I told you guys about because I want to learn more about the nutritional um, ideas behind the keto diet and intermittent fasting. And of course, I'll pass the information along to you guys. And plus he's got hundreds of amazing recipes, right? So just nothing that was really overly suspicious. You know, I bought um, just a few things and, and a few people sent me money, but because I didn't have... I was having one or two transactions a month only and in the past month I had maybe six transactions suddenly everyone's all up in arms I mean since when is their police residing over what you do with your money and your assets and it's just so irritating it's just so so irritating to me so that was like one weird thing. So I've been fighting that like for hours. I like four hours. I worked on that today, getting all the pictures of everything and writing the affidavit and blah, blah, blah. And my son had been here with me. And then he's like, I'm going to go out for a while. And he left. And within 30 minutes of him leaving, I decided, well, I'm going to make lunch. And I put my lunch in the oven and, and turned on, um, suits, my favorite show. And I, fired up the computer getting ready to write my next ad for my show you know just a normal day normal day and all of a sudden a massive explosion sound of an explosion happened in my building shook the frickin walls rattled the windows all of a sudden all of the cars within the block several well maybe probably two or three blocks started going off all of the car alarms and then within seconds, all of the power shut down for my block. Um, I looked out the window and the street lights weren't working. There was no power in my house, obviously, no internet. And it just freaked me out. Like, normally, if the power goes out, it's just kind of a, it just kind of goes down and that's it. It's just like a really, you know, it's, there one minute and the next minute it's not. But the explosion part of this sent me into such a weird headspace of what what the hell just happened. And I just have you ever been in a room with a cat when all of a sudden the cat does that startly thing and all of a sudden it sits up, its hair and its back kind of goes up and then it starts looking around like what the hell was that? And it looks like super alarmed with its eyes as big as saucers. I'm sure that's what I look like. I mean, sans the hair on the back. I don't have hair on my back. (laughs) But you guys know what I mean. I, I was just like, what? What just happened? And I just sat there and I was like, whoa. Just whoa. And I looked at my phone. It was 4.33. And my friend had just sent me a message from... Prince Edward Island in Canada and she said we're packing up the house and leaving because the hurricane Dorian is on its way and they were evacuating the island in Canada I'm like what what like that's supposed to hit I thought only the United States so why are people in Nova Scotia having to pack up their things and evacuate. I'm starting to get kind of freaked out about that. Right. And then I couldn't get back to my friend, of course, because (sighs) no electricity. I sat here for about 45 minutes without power. And I just, I was just like, what am I going to do? Right. And I looked out the window and there was some really like normal clouds. But the clouds very low on the horizon were very, very dark. And then the ones in the upper sky were kind of um, like fluffy white. But then right in the middle of these normal puffy white clouds, there was this thing that looked like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, uh, it looked like a a meat fork with a square on the end of it. That's what the cloud looked like. You know, when I say a meat fork, you know, when you, if you're a vegan, forgive me for this reference. But if you make steaks on a barbecue and, you know, you have the tongs and, and you have the long, long fork it has two prongs. And that's like this bizarre cloud. And I was just like, what the flock does that mean? It was so, so weird. I mean. I'm always getting uh, messages and signs from the universe. And the clouds speak to me ever since I got to Ecuador. Actually, ever since I got to South America, I started noticing it. No, actually, one or two times it happened where I saw Arabic writing in the sky. And actually, the first time I saw Arabic writing in the sky, it was the first verse of the Quran written in Arabic in clouds. And I took a picture of it. I showed it to my friend, Jihad, who actually is from Saudi Arabia. He, Even though he's American, he was born in in uh, Minneapolis, or St. Paul, Minnesota. But I showed it to him, and I'm like, what does it say? And he told me what it says in Arabic, and then he translated it to English. I'm like, I can't believe the clouds say that. And he's like, well, Allah blessed you with this. It was right after I said my Shahada and converted to Islam. But... Usually the clouds don't speak to me until I came to South America. That was like the only time before that. And it was so strange though to see today to see this like meat fork with like a square on it. I don't know what that was. It really freaked me out. And I just sat here going, What what the hell? And I heard this baby pigeon crying and crying and crying out the window and I realized um, a couple days ago I heard this too so today I'm like you know what I have a feeling that Fred and Ethel, my my little pigeon friends that hang out outside my dining room window they um, had a baby and in the windowsill where normally should be flowers it's a family of pigeons living there and I got to see the baby today which was cool and Fred's head looks like the baby threw up on him and then put a bunch of debris in his face and he's been flying up to the window with all this crap on his face for two or three days. It's like, that was freaky too. Like, do pigeons literally have zero sense of cleaning themselves? Is that why they have the the reputation of being such dirty birds? So weird. I mean, it was just like, everything was so bizarre. At least the baby this time wasn't like weird looking it's cute it looks normal the last one looked really strange and I told you guys I came home one day and there was a dead pigeon on the ground and I never saw their baby again the last time there was a baby so I don't know if that was the baby from before or just another pigeon sometimes people in the area poison pigeons um In spite of the fact that nature has rights, that does happen here sometimes. But the last baby that Fred and Ethel had was super crazy aggressive. The first time, like as soon as it learned how to fly and it saw that I was feeding its mom, it flew at me and he started to try to peck at me and he got extremely aggressive from the very beginning. Wasn't afraid, just super aggressive. So I have a feeling that they might have pecked him to death or something because there's something wrong with him. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean Fred's got a little bit of aggro tendencies and occasionally Ethel has gotten a little bit like she bit me the other day not hard just like a little nip like don't get too close to me she got a little scared but um, anyway the new baby looks okay so that's my my pigeon update <laughs> my my pigeon uh, news for Fred and Ethel Mertz and baby Mertz I haven't named the baby yet but uh I don't know. I mean, today was such a freaky day and I remember looking at the at the clock and it was um 4:33 and then I ended up looking at the clock again at 4:44. So those numbers came up. But I just had this general like malaise depress not really depression but like a, a, a an unsettled uneasiness, depression-ish but not really depression, maybe just a sad, maybe malaise. It wasn't as bad as depression, but like a friend of mine was talking about um, how he thinks he might have found his his uh, love, his, his twin. And he's super excited and he can't wait to go visit her. And I think that's awesome and I'm excited for him. But then, of course, you know, when someone tells you great news about their love life and you're like, well, crap, my love life is pricing out what it's going to cost to buy a sex robot in case it all goes to hell. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just like got curious about it again. I'm all going to go look and see, do they have any good looking uh, male sex robots, right? I don't care about the sex part so much. Is just, it'd be nice to have a companion. And, you know, if he talks too much, I could just unplug him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, I feel like in living in Ecuador has just has been like slim pickings and not like I've talked to four people and it didn't work out. I talked to over like 110 people and it didn't work out now. So, I mean, and it's not that I'm super picky. It's just I need someone who's not already married or engaged or somebody who just doesn't want to, like, you know, for a first date to ask me out at three in the morning to a sex hotel. (laughs) It's just too much to ask. You know what I mean? So I haven't really met anybody who's like a real human being who wants to have a real like friendship first dating, easing into it. And, you know, first kiss on like the third, fourth, fifth date, you know, but even then, I don't know, guys, I'm just, makes me a little sad because I know I don't I know I just feel it and I've asked my higher guidance my twins not here he's not in Ecuador but my job to work for God I have to be in Ecuador so I trust the universe I know it's coming I know it's going to happen but there's been kind of a general malaise about that and when I was going to go out finally when the power got back on I was going to go out to um I just could go down to my friend's shop and you know, just shoot the breeze with him for a minute and and buy some stuff in his store and then come home. I mean, not a big deal. It was just going to be kind of a lazy afternoon, you know, ish. And it just the rain started coming down so hard and it was so cold and I just I just couldn't see myself going out in the rain. You know, I just couldn't And the the internet has uh, shut itself off and restarted itself four times today. One time due to the power failure. But just the weird stuff like that. And I think the energy that came down yesterday, I still had that energy with me today. And then then it dissipated slowly, but now it left like a malaise in its wake. So that's a general gist of what I'm getting for the day. That It's like there's kind of a sad or depressed or weird feeling. Like even though my friend is happy about his situation, he said, but I had a crap day today. I'm like, yeah, me too. And then my other friend wrote me from Bogota, and he's like, yeah, my freaking computer keeps showing off. My Internet keeps showing off. What the hell? You know? He's just like, I've been really frustrated with technology today. It's been really, really bad. You know, even though I'm trying to be happy, I'm like, yeah, me too. All day long I was like, okay, this is happening and I'm going to be upset for a couple of minutes and then I'm going to get over it. And I, it's like I felt like I had a series of tests and I was okay with everything. I was like, okay, you know what, take a deep breath, things going to be all right. You know, somebody was upset at me because I couldn't, I couldn't do something for him when he needed it and... I, you know, but it was out of my control. It wasn't my, you know, fault. I was trying my best. Just stuff like that. Like, it just, the idea of disappointing people. I was disappointed by someone today who did something behind my back that I didn't expect. And um, I was able to forgive the person right away, you know, but it was still just like a disappointing feeling. Being disappointed so a lot of weird general like malaise sadness being disappointed being lonely being but nothing was overly um, emphasized it wasn't like super depressed but it was just like god this is just a really really crappy 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 day this is just a crappy day I can't wait to finish my show and go to bed it's just been that bad <laughs> You know, just like what, you know, I had a really good meal today, but I only had the one. At the end of the week, I tend to run out of meals. So I only have one meal a day. Because for whatever reason, it's like there's seven days in a week, but they deliver the meals on Monday, like at eight in the nighttime. And then they say that they're It's like five days worth of meals. You know, two meals a day. But... It should be 14 or five. Like, I don't, or it should be seven or 14. It's like, why are you just saying this is for Monday through Friday? People don't eat on the weekends, or I don't know. Maybe I should look into it. Maybe there is like, maybe weekends are cheat days on the keto diet, and I didn't know that. (laughs) I mean, that really could be like, maybe there is a cheat day, and maybe I didn't get that memo of this. Maybe that's why I'm losing so much weight so rapidly. I don't have a cheat day. Like, I've, I've cheated twice. Like I've had two pieces of cake in three weeks and that's it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe there's more cheating in this than I knew. Anyway, I didn't want to cheat on it, but I was just so damn hungry. <laughs> anyway, and that was everything. thing. I think I'm irritated because I was hungry, but I don't know guys. It, so I'm, I'm bringing all this up because Maybe you had, like, a weird day, too, where it's just, like, there was something about it that just felt off, right? And even though everything's been humming along and everything is increasing and doing well, and I feel like everything in my life, well, except for my love life, but everything other than my twin actually showing up in my world, even my, um... I've been talking to people about promoting the podcast, um... Like other professional podcasters, I'm starting to see if I could work with them, and I'm still working with the Instagram influencer situation. There's like a few, five or six things like that. I'm like starting to get in gear with it, and I'm like, yeah, and that's moving forward. The podcast is going, um, we're having more listeners, so welcome, welcome if you're new. And it's been good, you know, so it's like some things are good, and my investments are actually starting to pay off, and that's been incredible. And everything, even when I looked up, okay, if I'm like, well, hypothetically, if I'm in a new tax bracket, how much taxes do I owe? And I even looked that up today, and I was pleasantly surprised that its taxes are progressive. So every time you go into a new tax bracket, when, like if you were in a 30% tax bracket, for example, you don't pay 30% on all your money. You pay 10% on the first 13,000 and then 12% on the next little amount. And then, you know, it's progressive. I'm like, oh, well, that's see, that was actually good news. I had several pieces of good news today. But then the other stuff that kind of overshadowed it, like the explosion and the not having power and what the hell and... Some man was outside outside on the sidewalk screaming his head off like in an argument with somebody and walking down the street, I guess. And I went in the other room and I got really freaked out about that. That really upset me, which is weird. Why? I'm like three stories up, has nothing to do with me, whatever. The people in Ecuador don't yell at each other. They don't get angry, not very often. It's really, really rare. I mean, when, when something like that happens... Other people come around and they just kind of calm down. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. This is Ecuador. Ama la vida. You know, that's like the the catchphrase is love the life, you know. Now in Peru, everyone screams at everybody. Everybody hates everybody. (laughs) But but it's a whole different ballgame in Lima. But here in this city, people are really loving and kind and gentle and sweet overall. 5% maybe not, but 95% of the time, people are really cool. One reason why I super love this city, actually. The only people I've ever argued with are taxi drivers. There's some real jerks out there in the the taxi world. But there's 6,000 taxis in the city, and I've only ever had, you know, I don't know, if I've taken 100 taxis, maybe four arguments, maybe five. So yeah, maybe 5% of people are that way, but I don't know. I just feel like I don't know what's going on with the energy. It might be a shakedown. <laughs> We're being shaken up still, you know, being held by our feet, lifted up off the ground and shaking, uh, see what emotions pop out. That's the kind of energy I'm feeling about it. Like there's something, it's like a shakedown getting, getting, um, us a little bit rattled to see what else is left in the rem- the remnants or the remaining parts of our formal, form formal, former lives, our former selves, you know, that 3d stuff. Overall, I wasn't rattled though today. I, I just had this malaise though, like, and not a lazy feeling. It wasn't lazy. It was just, just sad. And in about an hour ago, I was like, you know, I cannot wait for this day to get over and that made me sad because i feel like our time here is so precious and our lives are so precious you know it's just we it's just a miracle that we're here at all and in this situation and this sending into the fifth dimension and our our abilities are coming online and all of this creative information and all these i mean hundreds of thousands of people are starting to wake up now to spiritual stuff, you know, and I, and, but today, so it made me guilty that I felt like I can't wait for the day to be over. But at the same time, I felt like there's nothing I can do today. And I have this anxiety about that. Like I just couldn't get out of the gunk of the day. It was just a gunky day, a junky day you know, I thought, well, maybe when, when the power comes back on, maybe the sun will shine so bright that it parts the sky and the and the cloud cover goes away and maybe there won't be any rain and maybe I'll hear the parrots across the street singing and maybe I'd be, you know, I just felt like maybe maybe today would be the day. The, I mean, or like in the afternoon would be the, the time of the day that the, everything will be... Oh, okay, finally the energy shifted, but it didn't, and it's still there. It's like this stuck, gunky feeling. And there's this thing I haven't told you guys about. Like a month or two ago, maybe about six to eight, well, it might be six to eight weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago, there's this guy that started standing outside of the building, kind of across the street, and screaming, what sounds like my name now <laughs> imagine the scenario if it's, if this is you early in the morning or early in your morning if you wake up at noon it's like eleven thirty 30 or something or you know but but just imagine it even if you wake up at eight and at six o'clock in the morning two hours before you get out of bed someone standing across the corner across away from your apartment building shouting your name over and over again for like an hour. And that started happening to me um, almost two months ago now. Almost every day, like four or five times a week. And it took me about a month to realize he wasn't really saying my name, obviously. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. But it really freaked me out because this is what I'm hearing like, every morning. I hear this, Elena... Elena, Elena, like over and over and over again for like an hour to two hours every freaking day. And I'm like, oh my God, I have a stalker and I'm freaked out because nobody knows I'm here. No one really knows my name. Even the people in the store next door, I don't think they even know my name. I asked them their names. I don't remember their names. I mean, I asked them like 14, 15 months ago (laughs) and now I have no idea because I forgot after all this time and they've never said my name they just say hey how are you and that I mean like no one knows my name in this neighborhood so who the hell is this jerk standing on the corner yelling my name repeatedly it's creepy as hell well it took me four or five weeks to realize he was screaming out Avana Avana <laughs> and my son went over and found out he's selling these drinks that he makes in his home with oatmeal probably fruit and water and oatmeal just not cooked just chopped up bits of oatmeal and Avena means oatmeal in Spanish (laughs) but he hadn't been out there for like four or five days and this morning here he comes screaming Avena again for two hours I was trying to sleep through it. I put a a pillow over my head. I had the blankets over my head because of the bright sun. And then I had the pillow pillow over my ear because I don't want to hear this guy screaming what sounds like my name over and over again. It was creepy as hell. And then the rest of the day just happened. And I'm like, it's just like, it just, it had the energy today, had the energy of the movie The Shining for me. That's how freaked out I was. Like, I don't think at this point, if I had seen those twin girls standing at the end of my hall today, I don't think that would have shocked or surprised me at this point. That's the overall general feeling. When I say freaked out, I mean like afraid of the day. (laughs) It was so, just so weird. I mean, there were kids right after the energy of, like, the energy of the building went out. And I thought at first it was a gas explosion, and I was like, oh, my God, my stuff is in the gas stove. Maybe there's a leak. I went in there, and it's still going. Everything was fine. And then then the power shut off, and I was like, oh, okay. So it was a power explosion, which is weird. Right after that happened, um, some kids from upstairs little like two, three, four year old, like small, small children started, like went out in the hallway and started screaming. And then, and that was freaky. And then the uh, neighbors that have beat their kids in the past came home because they had to shut down their restaurants. There's no electricity. And they um, obviously, I, I guess that's what happened. I don't talk to these people at all, but their kids started screaming and screaming and, and crying in the hallway. Like so, and then another third instant with kids screaming and crying in the hallway, and there were different kids from a different part of the building. And that normally doesn't happen except for the neighbors down, down the hall. And the other kids are extremely well behaved and and happy. So it was like even the kids so it, it made me realize that even the kids were feeling this weird, malazy, freaky thing. oh, and that was the other thing. What did I tell you guys yesterday to please pray for Leonard or? Well, by the time I had already told you guys to please pray for him, he had been dead for like 17 hours or something. <laughs> um, he had already died. And when my friend had said, please pray for him, he didn't know. The announcement came today that he died. They died yesterday morning at 9, nine around 9 in the morning. I mean, that was another freaky one. It's like, wait, wait, what? Like, so my day started, like, with all that weird, freaky crap, and then my son left, and then I found out Leonard Orr had died, and then then all the other stuff happened uh, right after that. And another weird thing about this is, even though Leonard Orr didn't know me, my friend who knew him very well... Had told me when you're ready, when you get your visa, I want you to talk to him about. He is a multimillionaire, and he would be more than happy to fund your land in Ecuador if he could do his rebirthing thing, and you guys can have a business together, and you just give him—you'll be your land, but you give him a percentage. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to do that. I did not even put a business proposal together. I didn't even approach him with it and I part of me two years ago thought well I, I want to be a resident first I want to make sure I can legally stay in the country I don't want to take someone's money unless I am really ready to settle down and do this thing and I'll be ready in a couple years and then I remember it overtaking me the energy of well what happens if I took his money and then he died I would feel so bad so that did dawn on me, and then, then then another part of me thought, well, if I had, and and I had a thriving business now, d- doing all of the healing things I wanted to do, then I would have been able to help his widow, Elvie. or so. If it's meant to be, it's going to happen with, you know, that money or somewhere else, but. That was another weird thing. It was just like in a way the door closed to that. I mean, it definitely closed to that. That was a door that had been open to me, and on my friend's recommendation, all of that would have gone through. But God just closed the door. Waiting for the window to open. And I hope there's not a freaky pigeon on the other side with throw up and debris on his face. <laughs> when God does open the window. <laughs> okay I don't know guys it's just that's my weird day it's a weird day so now if you wish to please send, send prayers and love and light to Elvi Orr and Leonard Orr's um, family and all the friends that knew him and if you know these people they are going to have a big ceremony in November so it gives people plenty of time to plan and LV is going to have a big, a big thing uh, a, a celebration of life for him which I think is wonderful in fact after I give you guys the news of the Schumann resonance I'm going to actually I'm gonna be learning with you I'm gonna go along with this journey with you and we're gonna to talk tonight about rebirthing and what it is and what was Leonard or's life work about so tonight's gonna to be a tribute to him I don't know a lot about him, I know that he discovered this process in 1962, that's all I know. And so we're going to, I found several websites, I queued it up, I'm going to read it to you and discuss it with you and talk to you about um, some things that I heard about rebirthing and I don't know, I think it's very interesting anyway. So we're going to go over that in a minute. (laughs) And, of course, somebody would call me that was told not to harass me. And it's 2 in the morning, so why not call me now? Uh, There's that thing, too. (laughs) Grr, sorry about that, guys. All right, well, anyway, when I come back um, after I give you this Shaman residence News and whatnot, um, we're going to go over it. We're going to talk about, um, well, what rebirthing is, and would it be right for you? Or do you think it'd be... Something you're interested in or not? I don't know. <laughs> All right, but first, before we get into that, we're going to go to disclosurenews.it first, and here it is, baby, 44 hertz, right on the page, 44 again with the 44. So, 10:30 uh, a.m. UTC time, it says the activity today started at midnight with small variations on the 15 hertz threshold. From 4 a.m., the values increased slightly, reaching 20 hertz. At 8 UTC, we have the strongest peak now that reached 44 hertz. And then at 1700, the evening report, today's activity period lasted for, for 12 hours, from 23 yesterday to 11 UTC today, but now the situation is calm. All right, great. So we will see now what we will see about from the Mouth Institute now. All right, I got the page finally queued up. I had to take a quick break. Okay, at midnight in California, the Schumann Resonance Hertz frequency was at 126. And it went up to 135 by 4 a.m. So, that's in California. And... In Hofuf, Saudi Arabia, the hertz frequency was 81 at midnight, and it went just down to 79 by 4 a.m. And and, uh, uh, Lithuania at midnight started off at 133 hertz frequency and only went down to 132 by 4 a.m. That's it. I mean, just not a whole lot. Of change there, but Alberta, Canada, 251 hertz frequency at midnight, and then it went down to 248 by 4 a.m. And let's see here, and then Northland, New Zealand, the hertz frequency was at 59 at midnight, and it went to 81 by 4 a.m. And as has been the case since August 22nd in Hulului, South Africa, it's just been a big fat nothing. It's just been zero. Absolutely goose egg. So I don't, I don't know. But we're going to go over the lesson in A Course in Miracles. And there are two review ideas still. I believe that tomorrow, I think tomorrow might be another review, and then we start fresh after that on Sunday. I think. Mm, okay, but the first the first uh, idea of lesson eighty nine is uh, from back from lesson seventy seven. Now here we go again. I I mean 433, 444, 7, 7, 44... This is coming up now for days. Here it is again, 77 today. So anyway, this idea, the first one is, I am entitled to miracles. <sighs> Breathe that one in, guys. I need that one today, don't you? just oh, take a deep breath and just realize this is true. I am entitled to miracles. I am entitled to miracles because I am under no laws, but God's. His laws release me from all grievances and replace them with miracles. And I would accept the miracles in place of the grievances, which are but illusions that hide the miracles beyond. Now I would accept only what the laws of God entitle me to have, that I may use it on behalf of the function he has given me. I am entitled to miracles. Well, that feels good. Doesn't it? I hate to free that one in. Are you just like, yeah, okay. Uh, and for taking the second idea for today, which is again, review from lesson 78 originally is let miracles replace all grievances. Let miracles replace all grievances. Hallelujah. Amen, right. <laughs> uh, this is what it, how this is explained. By this idea do I unite my will with the Holy Spirit's and perceive them as one. By this idea I do accept my release from hell. <laughs> oh my god hallelujah holy shit where's the Tylenol (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna read that one again (laughs) let miracles replace all grievances by this idea do I unite my will with the Holy Spirits and perceive them as one by this idea do I accept my release from hell By this idea, do I express my willingness to have all my illusions be replaced with truth according to God's plan for my salvation? I would make no exceptions and no substitutes. I want all of heaven and only heaven as God wills me to have. Again, the main idea for the second... Part of this lesson is let miracles replace all grievances. Oh, thank God. Right? Yes, yes, yes. We are 96 guys on the Ascension Symptom Scale today. 96. So even though it wasn't heavy duty like last night, I think even though we were, I think yesterday we're at 97, but by the time i finished the show we were like at 99 but right now as i'm recording this we're at 96 again i just you know let's let's allow only miracles for tomorrow let's just choose that right now i choose miracles and i choose for it to replace all of my grievances from today for sure (laughs) release us from hell <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we are going to learn what rebirthing is. And this is, again, a tribute to Leonard Orr, O R R, the founder of rebirthing. After this. Do you ever wish you could look into the next chapter in your book of life and see what's coming next what does the universe have in store for you I can help you with that I will give you a Celtic cross reading which is ten cards or you can ask me three questions and I use three cards per question so that's nine cards, or I can channel your higher guidance, or maybe God directly for you. Maybe you want to talk to your dear departed Aunt Edna, because maybe you have a few questions and she was the smartest person you knew. If your deceased relatives are available or your ascended masters I can channel them for you personally let me have one hour to show you the future in your next chapter of your book of life readings are $75 and it takes me an hour to an hour and a half to complete And for this price, you will also be hooked up to the healing grid around the planet for free, which means yours truly, me, I will be giving you Reiki 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of your life. All you have to do is let me know, metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com, and we will explore your future together. Alright guys, before I get into what rebirthing is by Leonard Orr, I did want to mention something because if you start to look this up, because you find this an interesting uh, episode, there's going to be a very disturbing story you might come across, and I want to let you know about this right now. There is uh, an attachment therapy, which is a pseudoscientific child mental health intervention called rebirthing or referring you know attachment therapy has been called rebirthing and this was a very crazy sort of creepy thing that they would put kids that have this um, this uh, attachment issue like when they were neglected from the age of nine months to five years old and they had attachment issues and it's something that's found in adopted kids quite often if they don't form attachments with their new mothers, um, then there's like a big issue. And this clinic by Foster Klein, he was one of the uh, founders of this clinic. They would, uh, put kids under all these pillows and push on them and, and cajole them and yell at them to get out from the pillows as if to recreate their own birth. And, His clinic got shut down when they shoved too hard on a little girl who was 10 years old and she ended up dying, okay? So when I'm talking about rebirthing, that is not at all what I'm referring to. Totally different thing. It's illegal in Colorado now and this has absolutely nothing to do with Dr. Leonard Orr. So I just wanted, before I get into it, I wanted to bring it up because I don't want you to see that and get freaked out and go, Holy crap. (laughs) Why is she advocating this? Because obviously Dr. Orr did not advocate that. Right. And his thing had nothing to do with attachment therapy. It had nothing to do with any of that. (laughs) Uh, and when you go on wikipedia literally the only thing it says for rebirthing breathwork just says it's a form of alternative medicine so it doesn't say pseudoscientific it says alternative medicine that mainly consists of a breathing technique okay so it says rebirthing breathwork is a type of breathwork invented by Leonard Orr or proposed that correct breathing can cure d- disease and relieve pain. so that's that's it. I, 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 <laughs> so hopefully that will help you if you do run across the really creepy stuff that it has nothing to do with that. They just happen to say the same word rebirthing, but that was just you know totally different deal. Like hopefully. so I I wanted to clear up any crazy misnomers in the beginning now doctor or or actually I'm calling him doctor but anytime I've seen his name just as Leonard or it might not actually be that he was a doctor and I'm looking right on his website specifically is called rebirthingbreathwork.com and this is from the Rebirthing Breathwork International. All right. So, uh, I'm going to read some articles from the RebirthingBreathwork.com Breathwork.com uh, website. And this is, again, this is a loving tribute to Leonard Orr, who is I did not know him, and I've never done rebirthing for myself. But... My friend Kyle was very, very good friends with this man. So he, he had talked about this a lot like, oh, you should be, you should go into rebirthing. And I just never, um, I never did it. And I don't know why. But years ago, when I was, oh gosh, when I was 18 years old, I got a job. And my boss, his name was Mark. And Mark actually, went through a series of rebirthing. He did, I mean, it cost like a $1,000 back in for 10 sessions. And that was, gosh, in 1987, I want to believe. I want to say, or 1988, right before I started Santa Barbara City College. But um, he told me that he just released so much pent up emotions and so much sadness, not only from this life and from his childhood, but also from all of his past lives. He told me that he had never cried until he got into a rebirthing session and it just changed his life. And because of it, it made him want to get into shape and want him to, it made him want to be uh, healthy in every possible area of his life. And that was what began his spiritual journey because someone he knew had done it and said it changed her life. And so he's like, well, I'm going to try it too. So when I met him, he had been doing it for about six weeks or something when he became my boss. And then he became my really good friend and I'm not even friends with him. I, I think I ended up not working there anymore and he ended up not working there anymore and we just lost touch, which is sad because he was one of the coolest people um, I'd ever met. But um, but that was the very first time I'd ever heard of rebirthing and I saw it transform somebody's life like before my eyes. Like every week you go to a session and it was like a ten week thing. You do you do ten sessions. And I was really I was really happy to see him go through that. I was going through my own spiritual awakenings at the time, and I think that he and I had a life in Brazil together, and some really crazy things started coming up uh, for me then, where, I mean, out, right after I met him, it, this huge explosion of crazy, crazy um, energy vortex, psychological crap from a bunch of past lives started coming to me literally like in my room, like I walked into my room one day and my whole room became a jungle. And there was a, a, a Panther, a black Panther in my path. I mean, a Jaguar, I'm sorry, a Jaguar right there in my path, looking at me. And I realized, um, wait a minute, I'm in a house in Santa Barbara, not in the jungle in Brazil. And you know, why is the Amazon rainforest around me? That was the first time I was aware that I needed to come to here you know near the amazon i'm not in the amazon i'm but i'm like 45 minutes from it <laughs> but it was the first time i realized i needed to live in south america and that was like in 1987 and it was right after i met somebody who had been going through this rebirthing process and i i kind of feel like there was a connection to it because his like things started happening around him psychic stuff and miracles and like really, really incredible things started opening up for him. And because it was opening up for him and I worked with him closely, eight hours a day for months, my world started opening up. And that's when my Jaguar would come to me at night and I'd be asleep and it'd go <laughs> right next to my ear, and I like sit up really fast, and I'd freak out, like, "Oh my god, there's a wild cat in here! Like, it's gonna rip us to shreds!" Like, I'd get so scared. And what was weird is at the time, my boyfriend who lived with me, he would sit up too because he heard it also. And it got, and in the, in the, it wasn't a hallucination because we're both hearing it. And then one one night, it, it like put its head between him and my his in my head and um, it when it would made that sound that sound it um, was so close to our faces that we smelled its breath and felt the moisture of its breath on our cheeks and that really freaked us the hell out and I, I don't know what like how that even happened I was 18 years old when that happened to me. And that was when I had started my spiritual awakening was that year. (laughs) And then I met my friend, Mark, who was having his spiritual awakening that started with rebirthing. And after he met me and going through this process with the rebirthing, all of this, this kind of stuff started happening to him too. Where it was just like, whoa and one day I came home and I um I had a feeling that and I know I lived along the corridor I lived on on a ley line and I also lived in this vortex and plus Santa Barbara herself I mean I did a whole episode go back and look uh, karmic cities Santa Barbara was on the top of my list it's a karmic city and I remember I walked into my bedroom one day and I felt someone looking at me And I looked up and there was a rip between in the fabric of space and time. There was literally a rip and I could see in the space above my head, there was a rip and there was a long finger that was a a pale blue and white. And the only way I could describe it, it's like the snow miser, like the heat miser and snow miser and the old Rudolph, like Christmas claymation specials it is what it looked like. And it, he had ripped a a part of the fabric in space and he was staring at me with one cold blue eye and he was, and he just wanted to see what was happening. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I'm like, who the F are you? I literally just was like, who the fuck are you? And he was like, Oh, And I kind of heard like a, Ooh, and I felt the, in this cold chill. And it was a hot, hot day, hot evening. You know, it was like, it's like I was sweaty. It was hot, you know, and I was going to open up all the windows and this cold sweat came over me and I looked at this eyeball and he looked at me and he went, Ooh, and then his finger came back out or came like went retracted back into the fabric of space and time. And it just sealed shut and it was gone and i just stood there frozen in fear for like five minutes going oh my freaking god and i was like freaking out completely i was a hundred percent alone my boyfriend was at work (laughs) this is at night of course it's at night this crap doesn't happen at four in the afternoon with a bunch of traffic around it always happens when you're alone I was terrified, absolutely terrified. But this kind of crap started happening right after I met my friend Mark, and he had been going through the rebirthing thing. and And I told him this stuff. I go to work and go, "Oh my God, this freaking happened to me last night," and he's like, "That's really fucking freaky. Yeah. That's like freaking me out. Like, what the hell?" And I'm like, "I know. I, why? Why? Why is this happening?" And he goes, "I don't know, but..." let's keep going with what we're exploring. And he introduced me, um, to the Carlos Castaneda books about the same time that my boyfriend came home with a Carlos Castaneda book. And I was like, I can't believe it. And he's like, yeah, my boss gave it to me. Like how, how is this happening where two people that don't even know each other told us as a couple separately to read these books. Right. And then one day, um, I felt, um, the spirit of mescalero was in my room. San Pedro was in my room, and that's another. That was another thing that told me to go, go to South America because I ended up in a city which I will talk about not not yet. But I ended up in the city um, called San Pedro, and there was a lot of San Pedro things in Peru, and I was called to it. In fact, I've got a pound of San Pedro mescalero in my in my closet right now. <laughs> I am a shaman. It's not illegal here it, in the US I believe it is to have it but here it's not and I've got it so all of this crazy stuff started happening and my friend Mark said that all of his synchronicities and all of the people that he needed to be connected to spiritually and all of the, the crazy like stuff in his room swirling around and everything started happening when he started with rebirthing. Now I'm not saying that what I'm about to read to you doesn't really talk about that. But if you open yourself up to rebirthing, it might open you up to a whole hell of a lot more. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you what Leonard Orr says. What is rebirthing breath work? Now again, if someone says they're going to do rebirthing with you and they're going to shove pillows and push you down yeah, that's not real. That's not what this is, okay? <laughs> Get the hell out of there immediately. But rebirthing breath work. According to Dr. or well, Leonard, or it says, for me, rebirthing has two main definitions. Number one, rebirthing breath work, aka intuitive energy breathing. Or conscious energy breathing is the ability to breathe energy as well as air. It is the art of learning to breathe from the breath itself. Capital B, capital I. Rebirthing is perhaps the most valuable self-healing ability that humans can learn. We cannot have disease and relaxation in the same space at the same time. Yeah, think about the word disease. It's dis-ease. If you're relaxed, you're not going to be uneasy. You're not going to be at dis-ease, right? Relaxation is the ultimate healer. Every breath induces relaxation. Therefore, breathing is the basic healer. Conscious energy breathing is the most natural healing ability of all. This ability involves merging the inhale with the exhale in a gentle, relaxed rhythm in an intuitive way that floods the body with divine energy alright just as I said that a bunch of um, violet light just flashed in front of me I don't know if you guys felt it (laughs) something just came over me right in front of me like that was incredible alright number two the second part of the two main definitions is this rebirthing also means to unravel the birth death cycle and to incorporate the body and mind into the conscious life of the eternal spirit, to become a conscious expression of the eternal spirit. This involves healing the eight biggies of human trauma, which are the birth trauma. The parental disapproval syndrome, specific negatives, the unconscious death urge, karma from past lives, the religion trauma, the school trauma, and senility, etc. that's really interesting isn't it I, I like this I, now, now I want to do it now I'm kind of afraid to, and I think about all this stuff that my friend he sparked something in me that just created all this crap around me to happen um, one time I was I was in bed with my boyfriend and we were just kind of cuddling together and all of a sudden I saw a man walk in with a gun and he shot my boyfriend in the back and I saw my boyfriend die And I started breathing heavy and I started freaking out and, um, that was another thing that happened as a result of this. And it wasn't as a result of of rebirthing, not at all, but because my friend had sparked me because he had somehow, something was going on with him as a result of having gone through this. And when I saw that it freaked me out and I stood up and I realized that I had an enemy in Brazil in that life. And that's who I just saw. And he was trying to get to me. And it was like, whoa. And then after that, I remembered all of my past lives. I mean, as soon as I stood up, of course the man disappeared. There was nothing there. It was just like smoke. And obviously my boyfriend was alive and no one got shot, no one got hurt. No one got, everything was fine. But I wasn't fine for a few weeks after that. I had PTSD just from seeing that. And it was like, it wasn't like a vision. Like when I get visions now, it's inside my mind in my mind's eye like a movie projector and then I open my eyes and my room is just normal my room is my room what happened that day was like this it was like literally a man walked in and he was made of black smoke and I saw him and I saw his face he was Brazilian he wasn't uh, you know he he was like from another country dressed like almost like a, um, a cowboy he shot my boyfriend in the back and I was like, whoa, you know, and I just, I, I like, I couldn't get over that for a while. I was like actually terrified. I thought there was a, there was a portal in the house where we lived in Santa Barbara and Santa Barbara is a really freaky place. Anyway, go listen to that. If you haven't heard the Karmic city one, go listen to the Karmic city episode. As soon as you get an extra um, hour because that, that is one of the freakiest episodes I ever did and some, some of the freakiest things ever happened to me. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, and, and rebirthing has nothing to do with this stuff that I'm telling you that happened to me, but it's, your world might open up in a weirder way, in a wilder way. And it might be normal for you, but you might open up everyone else around you to all this weird psychic stuff. I'm just, I'm going to warning you because, I mean, that's what my personal experience with it, it like through, vicariously through my friend, this is what happened. <laughs> Again, this is not what rebirthing does to you, but I mean, this is just my personal warning with what my personal energy was with it. But anyway, what uh, uh, Leonard says here, rebirthing as I teach it is a very important spiritual work involving a series of, of conscious intuitive energy breathing cycles that I give people that, or that give people more health more happiness success and peace of mind watching divine energy move in our body and mind is very magical mystical and miraculous I never cease to be amazed by this work because it is the essence of life itself so and by the way that yeah, the sessions are two hours each and 10, ten times in a row. I mean, so I remember in, in yours when I was eighteen, when my friend said it's it's two hours long and I'm like, two hours? Who the hell has two hours time? Who why would I want to spend any doing anything for two hours? That's a ridiculous amount of time. And what's really hilarious is now that I'm fifty one, it's like time has a little bit different meaning from this perspective. And I look back and I'm like, I was so silly back then. Now I feel like two hours. God, I wish I could go to a therapist for four to five hours once a week, you know, like really work on myself. But back then I'm like, I was not willing. (laughs) I wasn't willing to do it. I wish I had been mature enough to do it. But, you know, okay. I'm going to, the discovery of rebirthing breath work. I'm going to read this to you. This looks interesting. The main part of the discovery of rebirthing took about 10 to 15 years, starting in 1962. The giant leap occurred in 1974 to 1975. In 1973, I gave a spiritual psychology seminar. There I talked about the birth memories that I had been having since 1962 in my bathtub And most of the people attending wanted to have birth memories too. I told them get in their bathtub, sit there until they felt it was time to get out, then stay in the tub 30 minutes to an hour longer. The feeling was that we must get out, and I'm sorry, the feeling that we must get out is an urgency barrier. Every time we sit through an urgency barrier, we get a fantastic realization about ourselves. And we learn about another program that's controlling us. This was the beginning of the rebirthing movement. This was the first technique of rebirthing sit, meditate in the bathtub through that urgency barrier. That's really interesting, isn't it? So it says most of the people in the seminar group tried the experiment, had such powerful emotional releases and spiritual revelations that they wished someone had been there to talk with them about what was happening to them. I volunteered. I experimented with rebirthing people this way. It was very powerful. I was just sitting by the bathtub while they relaxed in the bathtub. Something about the safety of my presence caused them to have a spontaneous regression and powerful spiritual experiences. And later I got the idea of using a snorkel and nose clips in a hot tub. When I put people in the water, they were in a womb like environment. They instantly regressed to birth and prenatal states of consciousness. They did not just have memories. They regressed to a psychophysical state. It wasn't just reliving the past. It was a very high exploration into the spiritual dimensions of life. It was a complete mental, spiritual, and physical experience. People had completed an energy cycle, which was an integrated healing experience. I stayed with each person until they felt peace. Usually it takes two hours. Very fast, actually, if you think about it. People experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. They breathed themselves out of pain and tension and they breathed into relaxation and peace. Most rebirthing breathwork sessions are physical, emotional, and spiritual. People experience breathing out pain, tension, drama, and trauma into relaxation and peace. Relaxed, gentle, connected breathing was the key. It was this group of people that inspired me to purchase the Victorian mansion in San Francisco that became known as the Theta House. We created a one-year seminar group. I picked Theta because Theta brainwaves are electronic scientific measurements that indicate we are in the transcendental, transcendental state, also called Samadhi, or bliss, or deep spiritual peace. The Greek letter Theta is a symbol for spirit, mind, body, and the manifestation process. It is a simple symbol for the truth and the law of life in just one letter. In 1975, after giving hundreds of hot tub rebirths, I noticed people having a healing of the breath experience. I realized their breathing mechanism was totally transformed, and their mind-body-spirit relationship was forever transformed. This healing took place after several sessions when they felt safe enough to relive the moment of their first breath. Most people feel fear during this moment, so they have, so they have to feel safe to reach it. This is the experience of learning to breathe from breath itself, directly from God. When we have enough completed energy cycles and consciously learn to contact the breath of life, we have mastered breathing and one of the most greatest and practical skills that humans are capable of having. Next, I experimented with connecting breathing rhythm without water and found it was much better to do 10, one to two hour connected breathing sessions out of the water before giving people a session in a hot tub with nose clips and a snorkel. Dry rebirthing was born. This made it possible for rebirthing to become a mass movement. Getting in a hot tub, nude except for snorkel and nose clips, and reliving your birth was a little esoteric for most people. (laughs) But now all people had to do was lay down, relax, and breathe fully clothed, and they could have the most marvelous experience of their life. I found that most people can learn the connected breathing rhythm and how to breathe energy as well as air in 10, two hour sessions with a good rebirther. I gave sessions to infants, people in their nineties and all ages in between. Rebirthing is good for anyone who is breathing or who has a body. (laughs) It teaches people to relax and breathe better. Breathing is totally harmless, but the human mind is not. Therefore, it's important that people learn how our mind works and how to process our mind and feelings. Don't forget to notice that we have to live in our mind whether we learn rebirthing or not. And it is easier to live in our mind when we can breathe properly and relax anytime we like. And we can breathe into and release our feelings. We can relax out of any kind of intense emotion or physical pain When we have this simple, powerful skill of conscious breathing. And so then he he ends this article on rebirthingbreathwork.com with, It's now 2002 and the discovery is still going on for me. Every year I learn more about breathing and spiritual liberation in very practical ways. However, learning to breathe from the breath itself is eternal and never changes. I practice conscious divine energy breathing every day. It is as important as good nutrition, exercise, working, or sunshine. So I thought that was uh, interesting. I, I wanted to get, I wanted to get into this for years. I wanted to look into it, but I was so scared about the bizarre things that were happening around me when my friend who'd been going through that started sparking all this insane like psychic activity around me you know and some things that happened you know back in North Dakota but it wasn't until I met Mark when everything started like coming together I started automatic typing not writing but seeing a typewriter because you know back in the day we didn't have computers we had typewriters (laughs) so I mean, all this stuff started around around that. And so, uh, you know, when you're 18 and all of a sudden your world comes crashing down on you and you start realizing, oh, crap, reincarnation is real and psychic stuff is real and all the cool movies you saw because you knew they were just movies and not real become a part of your world and they really are real or not the movies or stories are real. But when all this stuff becomes real in your world, And you start realizing, oh, man, it's not just based on a fantasy or a fairy tale or a myth. Uh, Maybe all this stuff is based in reality. And then you realize you don't know what the hell reality is. And that's what happened when I first heard about rebirthing. It was just kind of like, (sighs) but I know people, I had met many people who had gone through it. And they were just like, oh, it's the most fantastic thing I've ever been through. So, I mean, I highly recommend it if you um, are to go and um, find a rebirth or go do it. It's like things like a thousand dollars for 10 sessions. Usually it's a hundred dollars a session, but each session is two hours long. So it's worth it. It's worth it. So um, according to global breathing um, they talk, they have a website about rebirthing breath work and it says, a rebirthing session usually starts with a conversation between the breather and the rebirther about anything that the breather <laughs> the breather wants or needs to talk about. Well, aren't they both breathers? Okay, obviously. But in the second part is just the actual breathing technique and the, the rebirth. And you just lay down and you do a circular breathing. It says it occurs through the mouth or the nose, though Leonard Orr, the founder of rebirthing Clarifies that breathing through the nose during a rebirthing session is far superior on all levels than breathing through the mouth. I, I agree. Remember what we talked about when we talked about the um, Kundalini. In the Kundalini episode, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Um, you breathe uh, energy into one nostril and it's cold energy and the other nostril is hot energy and they both go into your spine and go down the spinal um it runs along the spinal column it's the energy column called the shushumna, and it goes all the way down to your kundalini which is at the base of your spine so it is, it, when you breathe through your nose it's different than when you breathe through your mouth it, the energy goes differently so um, it says the nose breathing method is far less forceful and supports a practical gentleness above all during a rebirth and it says consequently the rebirther gently glides I mean sorry not glides guides sorry the breather's breathing pattern paying close attention to any deviations in the breath and you just breathe for one hour just that's all you do just breathing And the rhythm causes an energy flow through the body. And the flow washes through any tension or blockages in the system. The subtle form of vibrational energy permeates every cell. Clears out negative charges in the cellular memory of the body. Which has in store every experience a person has ever had since conception. And in many cases even before that. Then the breather surrenders to bliss and there's a shift in consciousness. Then they go to the next level where they may see something about their life. This is sometimes described as watching a movie about your life from a different perspective or simply feeling or knowing something new, becoming clear on an issue or touching the divine. Every person has a different experience and every rebirth is different though sometimes a breather may have a recurring theme. When the breather has completed the energy cycle, the rebirther allows them to integrate what they have understood for a few minutes and recover from the experience. By rebirthing at regular intervals, we are able to maintain this loving feeling every day of our lives, as well as increase our spiritual connection with the universe, creating a flow of abundance into our lives. The third part of the session involves the breather discussing, discussing discussing his experience with the rebirther. Then the rebirther may give the breather an affirmation to work on or exercises to go home and do and help them to begin to manifest the life situation as they would like it to be. So, I don't know. It sounds interesting, right? It's, it's a lot better than... <laughs> it's a lot better than I even knew. I knew it was good and it's better than that. So I'm going to um, tell you the goals of the first ten rebirthing breathwork sessions. this is also written by doc- um, I keeps calling him doctor. I think I think I just gave him an honorary degree <laughs> but Leonard Orr wrote this and let's see. this is the goals. There are 29 goals. So rebirthing or number one, rebirthing or conscious connected intuitive breathing is learning how to breathe energy, prana, as well as air. Oh, and by the way, who else taught this was Paramahansa Yogananda taught breathing prana. He taught a walking meditation where you're pulling in the prana from all the trees and the land and you bring it into your nose and breathe it out and breathe out negative energy through your mouth. It's a walking meditation that I do most often as I think about it. It's also a form of mindfulness. So that's like two or three things in one. So, all right. It says to have this ability available to us is the basic, most important goal of the first 10 sessions, 10, two to three hour sessions is a responsible way to teach rebirthing breath work. So, The second uh, goal of doing rebirthing is to get past your psychological drama. I'm sorry, get past your physiological drama. So your body drama that is stuck in your body. And the second or the third goal is to get past tetany, which is body cramping. The fourth goal is get past psychological and emotional drama. 5. Experience the merging of the inner breath and the outer breath, breathing from the breath itself. And when they say breath, it's capital B, meaning the breath of life directly from God, the energy of God or the universe, what what have you. 6. Relive the moment of the first breath and experience releasing the breathing mechanism. 7. Heal the headwaters of our life spring, learning the healing power of conscious breathing. And eight, have a weekly support group. Realize the importance of spiritual community. Nine, realize that breath is harmless and the mind can be dangerous. Learn to process the mind with affirmations and emotional response techniques. Ten, learn spiritual purification. Eleven, learn proper nutrition and the importance of vegetarianism. Well, okay, I'm not going to get into that. You know how I feel about that. I I did vegetarianism, almost killed me, actually. So it's not for everybody, but it is important to eat as many vegetables as possible. That is healthy for you, for sure. Twelve follow an exercise system and basic breathing exercises, like 20 connected breaths, and alternate nostril breathing, which was incidentally part of the walking meditation that Paramahansa Yogananda taught as well. So I think it's interesting. I don't know if he knows anything about hansa Yogananda. I haven't looked into um, Leonard or um, really except for tonight and through what my friend Kyle told me about him personally because how he was a really wonderful person. but um, yeah, I don't know. I just it's it's weird. It's weird. like if you didn't know anything about Yogananda, it's cool that they came up with similar things. So maybe, or was somebody who had lived in India in a past life maybe he worked with y- Yogananda or something who knows maybe not because of the the timeline but I think that Yogananda was still alive in the late 50s so the timeline doesn't work out there but there might be something to that I wonder if he doesn't have Indi- you know, past lives in India All right, so 13 is develop a historical habit and learn the role of breathing in the bathtub, hot and cold rebirthing. And 14, realize that the more you heal your birth trauma, the more and faster your clients can heal. Whoa. That's it for out of all of this night, this is the first time where it says that your stuff affects other people's stuff. So I told you my friend's stuff affected me, obviously. Very interesting. So then 15, have an awareness of the eight biggies of the human trauma. 16, be familiar with the six biggies of spiritual purification, mind, mantra, earth, air, water, and fire practices and love. 17, be aware of the spiritual costs of lifestyles and relationships. Yeah, there's a lot of spiritual costs that, that would be a good, I mean, I just on that sentence alone, I could do a whole show spiritual costs of lifestyles and relationships 18 learn to manage emotional energy pollution for eep from others eep especially in public places you know what yeah i it has an empath if you're an empath you know that emotional energy pollution i've never heard that before but that makes a lot of sense 19 be able to breathe for an hour without supervision Do you think you guys can handle that? (laughs) I'm sorry, Leonard. I've been, I have been breathing for 51 years without supervision. (laughs) Except when I was in the hospital with asthma. So obviously breathing might be something I need to get into, right? (laughs) Having been born with asthma. Uh, 20, become aware of our natural divinity. 21, become aware of spiritual, mental, and physical enlightenment. 22 realizes spiritual enlightenment can occur in a five minute span of time. Whereas mental enlightenment, it takes about 50 to 100 years. Yeah, I could see that. And physical enlightenment takes 500 or more years. All right. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> Do I have to live 500 more years? Oh my God. All right. 449 years to go. 23. Raise Kundalini energy, the Holy Spirit, breathing divine energy. 24. Become familiar with the physical immortality philosophy and in affirmations and the owner's manual. Oh, he wrote a book called The Owner's Manual. I like that. That sounds pretty cool. I I kinda I hope it's on Amazon. I think I'm gonna maybe go buy this book. 25. Become familiar with the rebirthing literature. The story of Rebirthing Breathwork, Breath Awareness, The Healing Manual, The Healing Power of Birth and Rebirth, now all included in the new Rebirthing book by Leonard Orr. Cool. So he wrote more than one book. 26, become familiar with the basics of childbirth education. 27, realize the role of money and prosperity consciousness in our relationship with breathwork professionals. And 28, yeah, actually, I saw another article he wrote about how he was justifying why it's energetically important to give $100 for a session and to do 10 sessions, you know, absolutely pay 1000 for the whole thing. And um, I remember when I first heard about it, I was making, the year before I met Mark, I was making $3.75 an hour. Actually, that's not true. I was making $3.65 an hour. In my in my job right before, and when I met Mark, I was making, I think it was like three ninety five or four ninety five an hour, not very much money. So when he told me he spent a thousand dollars on this, I was like, oh my god, you're super exorbitant and rich. Like how much money are you even making? Like, I, it was it just blew my damn. It's like as if someone came up to you and said, oh yeah, I just did this thing and it cost a hundred thousand dollars. Like now I'd be like, oh my god, why would you do that? Why'd you spend that money? That's crazy money, you know, but that's how I felt back when I was 18 years old, you know, when you're a kid, you're a teenager and you know, I mean, my allowance is like 50 cents a week, just a few years before that. It's like, no, this is too weird. Like, so I, I didn't understand the prosperity consciousness. And even now it's something I'm still, it's like one of those last lessons I'm learning. So I'm still learning it right now. I'm finally in the flow of it. Thank you, God. But Anyway, so, anyway, 28 is realize that healing yourself always comes first, for sure. And 29, learn to heal the death urge. That's And those are the goals of the first 10 rebirthing breathwork sessions. Very, very interesting stuff, for sure. Um, He has an article called Intelligent Energy. You guys might want to read it. And he's talking about uh, earth, air, fire, and love, and water, and thought. It's very. This is very, very, very interesting stuff, man. Let's see here. Um, trying to see if there's anything else that. That's pretty much it. I think that's all i got to say about that today, to be honest. Um, he does say that there's a, there's a oneness of duality that he calls the biological experience of God, where spirit and man, matter are merged in a way that's very energizing and rejuvenating, and that's what this is. It's the breath. The breath of life is like the source of life. You feel one with the universe, and that's true. And when it says... I mean, do you guys remember reading Genesis? Have you ever gone to the Bible and read Genesis? You know, God breathed upon the waters. You know, he breathed upon the earth and the waters appeared, you know? The way that God created this world is with his breath, the breath of life. With the word logos, the world appeared. so I don't know this stuff is deep it's not just breathing you know it says our breathing is empowered by our natural divine energy I'm just like looking at this article and like picking out sentences that stick out to me and so anyway I think it's kind of a little bit um it's a little sad and yet somehow it's it's appropriate that I'm spending my breath teaching you guys about Rebirthing Breathwork International by Leonard Orr within one day of him breathing his very last breath. So wherever in the matrix or universe you are Leonard or I hope you enjoyed this episode that I have I'm dedicating to you and I'm dedicating it to Elvie, your wife and I'm asking you guys just to send them love and light right now and all the people who do this this is really intense healing work and I'm glad that there are people in the world that that dedicate themselves to spiritually and emotionally and psychologically healing others through the alternative methods like this. I think it's very uh, sweet. So anyway, guys, I love each and every one of you. I am so grateful that we get to be on this journey together, hurtling through space, living on planet earth and raising our vibrational consciousness up, up, up into the fifth dimension that all this stuff is happening now. and We're all going through it together. There's going to be so many more people around you opening up and awakening. And there's going to be an explosion of it. I just feel it. Uh, You're going to, you guys are going to be absolutely shocked. You're not going to be the only one in your neighborhood interested in this stuff anymore. I mean, I feel like pretty soon it's going to be like so common for people to be like, what is that again? You know, astral projection, what? <laughs> what do dreams mean? What's what's reincarnation again? What do you mean vibration? What do you mean by that? What's meta- How do you meditate? You know, I have a feeling these are going to be conversations that are going to start going on all around you really, really, really soon. I'm glad that I got to be here at this time and be a leader in some of this stuff, I guess, or at least I'm, I'm a teacher more than a leader because I, I'm not leading the way with my own kind of therapy I created or anything. Although I've, I've, I've created a couple things I haven't brought out into the world yet, but I will when the time is right. I'm still working on some of them, but I, I'm glad I got to be here to teach you guys. Uh, this stuff it's it's um a blessing for me that i get to do this and i'm honored when i hear from you and i'm happy to have heard from several of you this week i'm really grateful so thank you you all know who you are i had somebody by the name of maggie subscribe to me recently and i had two people on youtube in the past three days subscribe to me um so, thank you guys for that. Uh, let's see what else. If you want to send me a voice message, you may do that at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. And if you want to send me an email, that's metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. And I'd like to ask at this time if you are so inclined, if you love the show please go to iTunes and leave me a little review. Just leave a little review, maybe favorite or star of the podcast. If you have iTunes, go ahead and do that. Especially if you're listening to me on iTunes, I want to get, I have to get on the charts so that more people can hear about the show. And that's how you, that's how you get it done. Apparently. So, if you have any people on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or you're part of any groups, just tell people about the show. Spread the word. You know, it's a little more organic than if I go around telling everybody because then it's like self-promotion and all that. Even though I do, you know, toot my own horn (laughs) sometimes. But it's better if other people go, hey, listen to the show. And just spread the word because we want to get as many people getting the correct information as possible. And if I ever give you any information that turns out not to be correct, I will correct myself. And I have noticed that there are many, 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 many people out there calling themselves teachers and leaders and saying that they're light workers ahead of the crowd and then they'll give out a whole bunch of good information followed by a bunch of stuff that I know for a fact is not true. Right? So Uh, and I've seen it happen again and again. And I think the only thing I can imagine is that they're falling into the false Ascension matrix. They did not have the background that I had. I mean, I studied 33 years. I've studied metaphysics before the Ascension started. So, you know, I, I, back in the eighties, I was already learning about this stuff. So, and I've been drawn to the stuff. I've been telepathic since I was born. I've been abducted by aliens since I was born, you know, and they, they've helped me in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I didn't realize they were helping me until more recently because of another friend of mine who was in the UFO uh, community. God rest his soul, Jim, Jim O'Connell. But, uh, yeah, I don't know guys. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm here and I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, telling you the things I'm telling you and I hope that I'm entertaining you as well and then you're learning something new every day so that's cool but I'm glad we're all together I just want to say thank you thank you thank you thank you for being with me on the journey we're doing this together you know no one is more important than anyone else we're all equal in the eyes of God we are God in Laketsh yasin. I'm another yourself in Guatemalan, and we all are one in Sioux, Lakota Sioux. So there you have it. Tomorrow I'll be back with all unique programming, as always, seven nights a week. (laughs) You know, as my my stepmom used to say, God willing and the creeks don't rise, I'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) And well that's that's all I got to say about that. I'm signing off now with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy 5th dimension. Until next time guys. Peace.